Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast. We're back to our normal format here. Uh, the two of us chewing over matters of the moment, things that are picked up, we've picked up from the news in the last week or so that we believe are of interest to the wider hotel investment community. Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, is joining me, Chris Bound, the editor of Hotel Analyst. And we're going to start uh, this week by looking at uh, positive news in the UK market where uh, investor Henderson Park has made a big bet on uh, the recovery of uh, city hotels in uh, in British cities. Uh, they've picked up a portfolio of 12 Hilton-branded hotels, spending £555 million. Uh, they're not the only people to believe that um, the, 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 British, the great British city hotel, which is obviously very reliant on uh, business customers, uh, business guests and meetings and events business, uh, believing that these are going to come back and come back quite strong uh, and the fundamentals in the medium term look pretty good uh, even as others worry about uh, working from home m- making possibly fundamental changes in the way that uh, businesses allow their, their staff to travel uh, in the future so uh, on the in, in the one corner we've got the uh, the positives believing things are going to swing back to levels certainly as good as uh, three or four years ago before very long and on the other we've got those who are fretting about sustainability not traveling working from home and all of those other kind of things that we may have learnt to do anew during the lockdown who's right who's wrong i'm not sure we will see but, uh, henderson park's not the only people making this bet i did speak with uh, some folks at castle forge who are also uh, making the same sort of bet picking off Uh, hotels in British cities which they believe will do quite well before too very long so uh, interesting times Andrew yeah I mean it 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 is the rule of successful investing is you have to be a little bit contrarian if you want to get that alpha performance otherwise you're going to be stuck with the beta um um clearly um almost by definition so you know you've got to take and in this market when uh, very few bargains really look like they're going to come around um You've, you've got to take a few risks and this is clearly a risk and i think the risk the big risk here is still unfortunately around covid um and it's still uh about how the authorities are going to react to what is going to be and is being a upsurge in infections mm. um we, we're seeing this particularly at the moment in the uk uh, unfortunately yet again the uk is uh, probably the one of the worst examples in in europe um in terms of it, infection rates um we are going up and the government said this week that the uk government said this week that we're going to see infection levels are, are, are above a hundred thousand a day they're currently just over the forty thousand a day level i mean the good news um such as it is uh, is that that we're, we're not seeing anything like the level of um, hospitalizations and deaths which is exactly how it should be given that's exactly what 
the vaccine program was, was meant yeah, was supposed to do yeah. so and if you, if you look I mean, gosh I, mean, I never thought i'd be as a as a hotel investment or a, a hospitality investment writer i'd be looking so much at um, health statistics but you know such as such is where we are but digging into these we've got you know looking at nhs hospital beds the vacancy rate is currently five and a half percent which actually given that the the in its efficiency drive the nhs typically runs at above occupancies above um you know into the 98 99 percent that is quite a, a a high level of vacancy rate mm. um covid patients are occupying around about five percent uh, of of the occupied beds so it is by no means a, a crisis situation for the nhs um although we have um various spokespeople for nhs bodies coming out saying we're about to come into crisis i mean we had there's the british medical association the trade union for doctors um coming out saying uh, you know really um quite i think over exaggerating its case but it was saying that accusing the uk government of being willfully negligent now um I have to say, uh, I would like to see a little bit more humility among some of these um, so-called medical experts. They have shown that they are uh, significantly worse than economists at forecasting, <laughs> which is which is some feat, actually, given how dreadful economists are. Now, as somebody who's economics trained, you know, I can uh, say we're we're you know it's appalling. Um, but the you know the medical lot are even worse um and uh, you know they're truly truly awful i mean uh if you look at what they were forecasting last winter they talked about oh um you know we're going to have thousands of deaths a day um certainly we got to over a thousand deaths a day which is truly gruesome you know um last january but but every forecast of the main forecast there are four main forecasts presented by the government a year ago or almost a year ago and um every single one of those four so-called expert forecasts was completely off the mark way way exaggerated now this was of course pre-vaccine back then in terms of those forecasts now we've got vaccines um and they still seem to be in this this pessimistic mode saying mm. how dreadful it's all going to be and i i think you know they got it completely wrong about the last winter they got it completely wrong about how it was going to behave in the opening in in england in july the 19th the forecast level of infections um and they got that entirely wrong and they could well i mean the track record is that they're going to get this next bit entirely wrong as well and i think a little bit more humility a little bit sort of we don't really know but you know we just have to keep watching this and the government i mean is, is in a very difficult position where they've got these very shouty people people on the sidelines who you know are uh, experts um saying oh we're heading for doom and destruction the government's trying to hold a line saying well actually if we do follow your advice um we're gonna um create all sorts of difficulties for the for industry and people um I mean, it's going to devastate the hotel industry or hospitality industry yet again if we go back into this social distancing measures which these people are calling for um, um so you know and it's 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 quite frightening i think in terms of if you were um if as our listeners are in most cases um an investor in hospitality you're thinking oh my goodness here we go again you know mm. 
this disease is endemic we've said this repeatedly on this podcast um, we are going to have to learn to live with a disease we can't allow the social distancing restrictions to become endemic too it, it's just it would devastate our sector um, and we have to sort of get to the point where we we say look calm it down we don't need this um um, we have to say look that we're not at a position where the health service is being overwhelmed and and for goodness sake you know if the health service does become overwhelmed in what is going to be a much much lower level of hospitalization than than a year ago um than the trend happened last winter um we need to actually sort out the health service so it can cope and we can all go around our lives as normal because this is no longer a a disease which ought to be shutting down society and if it is that's a problem with how we're organizing society in particular our healthcare and and so forth and we need to get back to something like normal life and it's it's slightly uh it's more than slightly it is terrifying how um um that the, the, this has been allowed to get to this point yet again now thankfully we seem to have a government which is on course to hold the line but you know i thought they were going to be on course to do to hold the line you know back in march 2020 i can't say i blame them for shifting course then i do think it was a mistake to to have the level of lockdown we had a year ago um uh, well almost a year ago sort of uh, 10 months ago um in that that january to march period i don't think that was necessary um the evidence around this is still not clear um we've had uh, the person who now now heads up what was the public health england response to this um jenny harry's um she, she's admitted on several occasions that there's no clear evidence around say face masks there's no clear evidence around a lot of this 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 restriction restrictive activity and there's not clear evidence that there's a net benefit to having lockdowns and i think there has to be a default position where we say no unless a benefit can be shown and you know all these experts need to actually get their fingers out and demonstrate what is really going on with actual data that they have at their own fingertips now and show whether or not there has been a a, a net effect that that justifies what they're doing rather than this precautionary principle which is which is as we have also said before on this (laughs) podcast um is going to be a massive problem if it's adopted again um enough of this um let's please get back to and continue to get as close as possible to normal life um it, it is a very it's going to be a very challenging few months i think if we end up going back into restrictions this winter um it's just going to destroy um, the nascent recovery um, and, and goodness knows what it will do for the longer term picture of uh, travel tourism and hospitality because if we're going to lock down this winter we'll probably lock down the following winter and the winter after that um, there'll be no end to this um, it has to stop and it has to stop now, now talking of getting back to normal it would seem that uh, in to a large extent the uh, the student accommodation sector is getting back to normal because students are largely back on campus and uh, filling up those those student beds once more. Great news for the investors in uh, purpose-built student accommodation. Um, seems to be spurring them on to more activity. Uh, we've got uh, the investors behind the student hotel giving them another 
300 million euros to help spur on their growth and take on some more sites in and around Europe for their uh, hybrid format developments. And of course in the UK we've got two private equity investors teaming up to bid for uh, one of the listed uh, hotel accommodation providers that is far from a done deal because the competition authorities are, are have just said they're going to run the rule over that one but uh, yeah no end of uh, investor confidence in the sector so a few a few dark clouds uh, particularly the UK where there's a reliance on uh, on overseas students from the far east uh, they're not all making their way back here understandably there are issues around travel and perhaps even indeed issues around feeling safe uh, because of the virus but um, by and large this is, looks to be a sector that's uh, looking to the medium term with great a great deal of confidence and uh, shaking off the kind of little bumps in the road along the way yeah the trajectory of optimism seems to have been very similar to the hotel sector so there was deep pessimism for the first six months following the um, start of the pandemic say broadly sort of march 2020 um, and then vaccines come along and there was huge amounts of optimism real bullishness and now that bullishness has been somewhat moderated you mentioned unite um, there which is a, a real estate investment trust uh, focused on um, purpose-built student accommodation um, they gave a big investor presentation this month um, was, I, I found it fascinating because there's so many parallels with the hotel sector but but what they were saying was look our occupancy is significantly above where we were last year but we're still slightly below where we were in 2019 and this is the sort of thing we're seeing very much in the hotel sector um to your point about the the chinese students chris um that that's certainly true in terms of holding back but also um actually um specific uk thing again um there's been a decline in eu student numbers um unite cited as the reason for why they had gave a profit warning earlier this month um so there are issues there but looking at this 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 hotel um uh comparison the the what what unite talked about in terms of the pbsa well the wider student accommodation market um it, it talked about um how there were houses of multiple occupation um which are the essentially uh, private homes which are rented out on a bedsit basis that's kind of like the unbranded sector and then you've got the independent the sort of privately run um, pbsa sector outside of university control and that is more like the branded hotel market um so they in the numbers unite gave nine hundred fifty thousand beds in hmos uh, about three hundred ninety thousand beds in these pbsa things run um, outside of university there's a further three hundred ten thousand beds in university halls i to be honest i haven't found an equivalent <laughs> in the hotel sector for those i'm not quite sure what what, what that would be but but in terms of that there are and, and also in terms of how this pbsa market is evolving it's looking more and more like a sort of uh, hotel uh, market as well there unite talk about a budget sector they talk about a mainstream sector mm -hmm. ihg where they were for a short while and a premium sector um and the mainstream being by far the biggest um um but underlyingly as you said chris the 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 good news is that the medium to long term is is very solid 
they think they're on course even for the international piece it's going to be 20 percent bigger probably more than 20 percent bigger within a decade um the UK's Higher Education Statistics Agency says it, you know, that's where it thinks it's going to be by 2030. I suspect it will probably um, be better than that. Um, all depending on how, how things evolve in terms of the international marketplace and um, what we were just talking about with regard to Absolutely. COVID, of course. Now, we know that uh, things are getting back to normal when uh, hotel companies start launching new brands. And we've had a, a fair few of them in the last few weeks. Uh, Wyndham have launched their 22nd which is called Altra which is uh, an all-inclusive resort brand um, they are working with Playa uh, the landlords and owners of, uh, of resorts across the Caribbean and Mexico um, then we've got uh, over in India we've got two new brands from uh, ITC the big uh, owner and operator of luxury hotels in India uh, they are called Story and Mementos. Uh, of course, we've recently had Vignette, a uh, collection brand from IHG. Uh, and uh, an interesting departure, uh, a hotel management company, RBH, has uh, launched a new brand called Pocotel in the UK. So um, varying reasons, I think, for, for launching these, these brands. But um, uh, once again, more choice for the consumer and... That's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Is it Pocotel, Pocotel, or is it Pocotel? Mm, how's your, how did, how's how your, did Andrew, you spoke to him? I did. Andrew how's Watt, your, how did he, well, how did he pronounce Pocotel. it? Yeah, it's, 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 how, it's, 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 Italian, it's to do with Italian. Okay. Poco, of a little, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poco. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, in my tennis, yeah, I'm not yeah, too much, well, but Pocotel. Who knows? One of the only ones yeah, in Scotland knows? at the moment, yeah. so you've got to do it with the Scottish accent. So. <laughs> but I mean that, that, that one that one in itself is quite interesting because they they developed that during the kind of lockdowns they were coming up with uh, brainstorming how could they help owners who uh, might come into this market and not be sure quite how their hotel is going to do over the next two or three years don't want to sign up a, a kind of cast iron contract with a big brand um, what can you do in the meantime to run the hotel uh, not just call it by you know uh, the Londoner or the Glaswegian or whatever, you know, something a bit more imaginative. So they came up, they've come up with this kind of flexible brand concept for um, for smaller s urban hotels. Uh, not a bad idea, as a, as a kind of um, particularly to suit the, the the mood of the market. Mm, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I'm mixed feelings with it. It's a sort of re-vertical integration, isn't it? Um, I'm, you know, we, we've seen it a bit with uh, some of the the owners. Um, so most obviously, Pandox have been um, toying mm -hmm. with their own yeah. brands as well, haven't they? Um, but th third-party management companies coming in as branders you know that kind of you know it's like an old-fashioned hotel management it company is, isn't it yeah. it's they, they bring the brand along i'm not it's confusing me a little i'm, I'm not quite sure what this mm. you know what it is actually is other than a temporary badge and talking about badges uh, um and now i before i 
started writing about the hotel sector and regular listeners of this podcast will know i was a drinks journalist and um and it's interesting to come to hotels from a sector which has a much more evolved understanding and concept of what brands are um so drinks companies you know really do do branding whereas i would argue hotel companies are still very much feeling their way so um just out in the last week or so is um the branding consultancy interbrands list of the world's top 100 brands um and you look for um drinks companies you see coca-cola in at number six pepsi at 25 budweiser at 37 you've got other hospitality company brands mcdonald's at nine starbucks at 51 kfc at 93 what you don't see are any hotel or accommodation brands there's no marriott Mm. and there's no airbnb which is probably the one Mm. that most surprised me actually the absence of airbnb um so i and i think it's how interbrand calculates you know what what makes a great brand well they've got to have strong financial performance for its product or service it's got to be clearly influencing purchasing decisions and it's got to be competitive against all its rivals um there is a company which has hotels um very strong performer in the top 100 lvmh they have five brands it's the first time any company has got five mm. brands in the top 100 and lvmh has its eponymous louis vuitton um tiffany hennessy dior and the, the 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 fifth new and the new entrant sephora um now vmh of course has cheval blanc now i don't think cheval blanc is going to be in there anytime soon in that top 100 um but it but the approach that lvmh take to their hotels very similar to the approach they're taking in there there are other things which are making it into that 100 and uh bernard arno the ceo of lvmh was in the ft um, at the weekend and he was talking about you know what, what is it about the thing that most concerns him with the cheval blanc that's just opened in paris uh last month and he says it it's being the best he wants it to be the best and there's this this you know this push to get there now lots of hotel companies talk about that but i'm not sure they've got the infrastructure to be able to deliver that and i think we've got a long way to go um in the hotel sector before it evolves properly into being a consumer brand or oh, it's not always a consumer brand because if you look at that top 100 there's plenty of b2b brands in there as well but to be a top global brand um you know there's quite a bit of work still to be done in our okay, sector must try harder right let's and talking of trying harder let's move on to our five star and no star awards for this week um Andrew, we are for to two two companies for taking a lead on sustainability. It does seem to be an increasingly oft discussed topic. Um, now, there's two. The two, reason it's two is because we've got Room Two uh, in in London, the apart hotel uh, operators who are going to be building a carbon neutral new development in London, and um, also uh, five stars to Radisson this week because they are offsetting. Uh, carbon uh, credits to give customers carbon negative uh, events in their hotels over this winter period so well done to both for those initiatives and Andrew you're awarding the no stars this week too well it's it's just the reappearance of restrictions again I mean I think we saw Morocco banning flights from a number of 
countries, including the UK. Um, oh, dearie me. Yeah, you know, we're, we're off down this road again, aren't we? Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, this got to, we've got to stop having this knee-jerk reaction to, to the threat from COVID. I've already ranted about it. I won't bore listeners by ranting anymore, but um, we, we need to see this off, I think, and we, we need to... And, 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 and the, the problem is the, the, the siren voices are calling for, you know, and, and when you have um, politicians being told that they are putting people's lives at risk and um, so forth, I mean, it's, it's very difficult um, to see them not thinking, well, actually, I'm going to err on the side of caution here, even though it's going to inflict enormous amounts of pain and suffering on, on large sectors of society. Um, I just hope we can hold the line and I hope the government holds the line and governments hold the line against uh, further retrenchment I think um, it's you know this next few this next period I think is going to determine what sort of recovery recovery we have and uh, it's a definite no stars for some of these early uh, um, indicators suggesting that um, we're going to mm. see more okay, restrictions. Okay well I'm going to set that to one side go back to your thoughts about branding and beer and nip off for a pint so bye for now. <laughs>